Let us pray together. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Dear God, through Jesus, we thank you for seeking us in all of our wandering. And that even this morning, you are still seeking each and every one of us. Help us to let ourselves be found and to discover the life that's really life. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. So recently, uh, Danette gave me a book for Christmas called Seinfeldia. <laughs> Seinfeldia. It's about the 90s TV show that was famously about absolutely nothing. <laughs> and 30 years ago, when we were living in China, friends would videotape this show, airmail it to us. Two weeks later, we'd watch it again <laughs> and again and again. We had nothing else to watch. This book that I got for Christmas reintroduced me to the show's four bantering friends, Fussy Jerry, Imperious Elaine, Neurotic George, and Eccentric Kramer, and tells the story of how it became such a huge hit eventually and stretched out over nine seasons. That doesn't happen much anymore. And reading the book got me really curious to go back and to watch those very first episodes all over again that I had watched, that Jeanette and I had watched over and over again in China. And let me tell you, watching the first pilot episode is the strangest experience I've ever had. I mean, those 22 minutes, you know, it's a half hour show, but it's actually only 22 minutes, seemed strange. George, for example, seems unusually friendly and unselfish. <laughs> you don't recognize him. And Kramer actually knocks on Jerry's door. <laughs> In the first episode, he knocks on the door before he comes flying in, as he always does, which is my, I confess, one of my favorite parts of the show. And the other day, it finally hit me. All the lovable peculiarities of these four characters are only just beginning to develop in the beginning. And the actors playing them haven't figured out yet who they really are. They haven't figured out yet who they really are. In our gospel reading today, a crowd is so eager to hear Jesus teach that they nearly push him into the lake. And Jesus then gets 
into Peter's boat, tells him to go out a bit, and continues his teaching now from his floating pulpit. Earlier in Luke 4, we learn that these two, Peter and Jesus, first meet each other when Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law of a very high fever. And this then leads the whole town then to bring their sick and suffering friends and relatives to Peter's door to have Jesus lay his hands on them and heal them. And I imagine today out in that boat, our dear Peter, our dear Peter is still turning all of this over in his mind as he sits out there in the boat, listening, listening, listening to Jesus. In our story today, Peter has been fishing all night, and he's caught absolutely nothing. But then Jesus, in the face of Peter's failure, invites him to go deeper. Go out into the deep water and let down, down, down your nets. And now our dear Peter is faced with a choice. And so are we, dear friends. Will we listen to Jesus? Will we trust Jesus? Will we follow him even when his words seem completely ridiculous? Love your enemies. Persevere in prayer. Forgive 77 times. Feed the hungry. Take up your cross of love. Ridiculous words in our world. And so we're faced with this question. Will we keep sitting safely near the shoreline with our empty nets? Or will we go deeper with Jesus? What will it be? Peter makes his choice today and throws his nets out into the deep. And soon a whole school of fish comes swimming right into his nets. And soon, not just one boat, but two boats are filled to overflowing with all of the catch. It's an image, dear friends, of the abundance, the lavish abundance that awaits us in our lives in Christ. I don't know about you, but it's at this point that I would expect that our dear Peter would throw a party. Or maybe invite everyone over for a big fish fry, right? No, it's not what he does, is it? But instead, he falls down on his knees in front of Jesus in that boat. And he cries out, Go away from me, Lord. I'm nothing but a sinful man.
What a frightening thing it is to realize that Jesus can see who we really are. And it can leave us suddenly feeling hopelessly exposed, overcome with shame. And I think that's what Peter is experiencing in the boat. Thirty years ago in China, up in Manchuria, my own call to become a pastor came after spending a couple days with a 90-year-old lover of God. 90 years old. Who's in their 80s here? Your time of impact has only just begun. I'm serious. This lover of God named Stephen Wong, after a lifetime of pain and persecution, God's love still flowed through him unimpeded in the most beautiful way. It changed my life. It changed my life. But my call was then followed by an hour of tears during the Chinese nap time. I was alone in a bedroom in Stephen Wong's house. As the poet George Herbert once said, love bade me welcome, yet my soul drew back, guilty of dust and sin. And let me tell you, that afternoon, my inner critic raged away and reminded me over and over again of all of my failures and faults and fiascos and reminded me that all these things completely disqualified me from ever becoming a pastor. God doesn't call broken people, and I was definitely one. But friends, the good news is that it's precisely in our broken places that we are most available to our Lord. It's through these cracked places that God's love can flow most freely and abundantly. Jesus shows Peter and he shows us. A God who loves and treasures us because of who God is. Not because of how good or worthy or, or perfect you and I are. Amen? And when we finally get this, and I'm still trying to get it, how about you? And when we finally get it, we can relax and let go of all of our anxious striving to prove our worth, to show everyone that we're right, to hide our brokenness, and to defend our reputation. In the wake of God's grace, 
we can let all of that stuff go. Just let it go. As it's been said, there is nothing more transformational and liberating than to finally begin to realize that God is too busy loving us ever to waste God's time being disappointed in us. And here's the clincher. Our Lord knows who we really are. And we often don't. Jesus doesn't look at us and see a wretched sinner or all the things that we've managed to hide from everyone else. Jesus looks at us and sees the beloved child of God each of us was created to be. And what joy there is when we finally go deeper with Jesus and allow him to show us who we really are. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Jesus tells Peter and tells us today. Don't be afraid. And here is a great mystery. The more each of us becomes like Jesus, has the mind of Christ, follows him in our uniquely beautiful and quirky way, the more each of us can finally become who we really are. It's a great mystery. The more you and I are like Jesus, the more we become who we've been made for all of eternity to become. Little Christs, little Christs, each one of us. So let me close with, <laughs> with a... Maybe I'm re reminding you of Patricia Heyman laughing before she even told the joke. <laughs> Let me close with a confession about the Seinfeld show. I really, really enjoy watching it. But it's a lot like junk food, and uh, it always feels at the end like a kind of guilty pleasure because I can't ever watch it for too long with feeling its complete shallowness and superficiality. You ever feel that way? Yeah, you watch a couple shows and you're like, that's enough, Todd. And when I recently read my book, Seinfeldia, I finally discovered why. Its writers actually had a motto up on their wall. No hugging, no learning. No hugging, no learning. Wow. By no hugging, of course, 
They mean no phony sentimentality, no Hollywood endings after the end of the 22 minutes. And by no learning, they meant no growing, no developing, no maturing. In other words, here are four snarky people forever frozen in their selfishness, apathy, and lack of empathy. Stuck in an arrested state of development, four cells forever turned inward on themselves. No learning. In contrast, during Lent, we are going to see our dear Peter. We're going to see in him someone who is always growing, ever learning, wandering and exploring, letting go of his shame, and going ever and ever deeper with Jesus and inviting us to do the same with him. This Lent, I believe, he wants to catch us. And for all of us to discover in a deeper way who we really are in Christ. And to hear our Lord saying to us, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Throw your nets out into the deep. Keep learning. Keep growing. Amen.